Today on Not Sam Wrestling, we are only days away from the Royal Rumble. What surprises do we have in store? Mickey James is on the show. We've got name changes. We've got video game news and everything else. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Hope everybody's doing great. What a week. Leading up to the Royal Rumble, my favorite pay-per-view of the year for sure. I think most people's favorite pay-per-view of the year. There is no better pay-per-view in all of wrestling. WWE, AEW, GCW, Impact, Ring of Honor, God Rest It Soul, although I think it's coming back in April. New Japan, there is no better wrestling show to get everybody involved in the Royal Rumble. That's why I like it so much. I'm always looking for ways to get non-wrestling fans excited about what we're all excited about. And the Royal Rumble does it every time. My favorite thing every year is to get the betting pool going. And the way you, it's so easy. You make people care about the show. Here's how, how I've known for it to be done. When you're doing a Royal Rumble party, which we will be doing before the Royal Rumble on Zoom, if you're a uh, superstar or Hall of Fame level shill at patreon.com slash wrestling, But you're just hanging out with the boys, the ladies. You're just hanging out with your, with your peoples. And you're watching the Royal Rumble. And you want to get non-wrestling fans excited about wrestling? You draw numbers out of a hat. Everybody puts in five bucks. Then everybody draws numbers out of a hat. If you've got 30 people at your party, good for you. You're a very popular person. You, everybody gets one number. If you've got 15 people, everybody gets two numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that way, let's say you draw out number 17. Whoever comes out at number 17, if they win, you get all the money. That means that if there's 10 people participating, you each get three numbers. If uh, one of you, those three numbers, if it's the winner of the Rumble, you win. You know what that means? Even if you've never watched a lick of wrestling in your life, if Damian Priest comes out at number 17, all of a sudden, there's going to be an individual in the room that's got that number that is the biggest Damian Priest fan in the world. And guess what happens? Guess what happens? At least through to WrestleMania, you end up with people that have some kind of awareness of the product going in. If Damian Priest, even if he doesn't win the Royal Rumble, people will remember you're going to have a great party. People remember, and then they think about Damian Priest as he's going into WrestleMania. Uh, look, it, it's an interesting thing. There is a type of wrestling fan that is a Royal Rumble to WrestleMania WWE fan. I like people that are in this to win this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I still can enjoy myself amongst people that are Royal Rumble to WrestleMania fans. And if that's you, and if you're gearing up because this weekend it's the Royal Rumble, and so you're getting re back into wrestling podcasts, welcome. We're glad to have you. Join the Patreon. But in order to get excited about the Royal Rumble, I thought that my guest this week should get you excited and we'd get right to her. You know, we're going to have uh, big conversations today on the podcast about potential surprises and what we can expect and why this year the surprises and the potential surprises of the Royal Rumble feel bigger than most years. And I'll just tell you right now, the reason they feel bigger is because the surprises got announced in advance which I think for these surprises, especially this one in particular, it was a good idea because it did get the conversation going. It expanded 
what was possible in terms of surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble. Because the WWE announced that a slew of female WWE legends would be back for the Women's Royal Rumble. And the idea, by the way, I saw online, I am perplexed. I saw online that there were people that were mad that Summer Rae was referred to as a legend on WWE TV. And I swear to you, I thought the only reason they could be mad that she's a legend maybe because she can still go. Like, do people think that that she still could have another run in her and that's why they're mad? And then I saw Summer Rae tweeting about it. I'm thrilled that Summer Rae is back. I love that she's coming back for the Rumble. I think she's great. But I saw her tweeting about it and, and you know, the people that were mad about her being called a legend... And I realized that it's because people didn't think she had the credentials. There were some people, and I didn't, I, I don't even, we probably shouldn't even be addressing it. We probably shouldn't even be shining light on this thing. Because if you don't think Summer Rae has the credentials to be called a WWE legend, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, 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 you, the gatekeeping has got to stop. If you were a WWE superstar, if you were a part of multiple storylines, if you were a part of the introduction of a character that, while yes, maybe it never really hit all of its potential, was a huge introduction. When Fandango was introduced to the WWE universe, it was a big deal. He beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. It was a big deal. And Summer Rae was a huge part of that act. Summer Rae continued on wrestling after uh, uh, the act with Fandango had run its course. And... She was a big part of the Total Diva show, a huge part of the Total Diva show. And you could poo-poo the Total Diva show all you want. You could stick your nose up at it. You think you're better than it. You're not better than it. Because the Total Diva show, at the time, got a whole new generation of specifically female fans interested in the superstars of WWE. The, the Total Diva show. As much as it's, you know, that, that name diva is not looked at as a positive word anymore. And, and, and you know, we, we tend to concentrate more on the women that came up from NXT. And they deserve a huge piece of the pie when it comes to credit for the women's evolution. But Total Divas as a show proved, NXT women proved that women can work a high quality main event. And they can get wrestling fans excited. Total Divas proved that on top of that, these characters can make money because that's what Total Divas did. It's important. It's really, really important to this business. But one of the people very important uh, to the evolution of women's wrestling and one of the very, very important people that was introduced uh, as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, and I say surprise because I was surprised when I heard it, is Mickey James. And I'm not surprised that Mickey James is in the Royal Rumble. But the idea that two weeks ago on SmackDown, Pat McAfee said the words, Impact Knockouts World Champion. And at WWE on Twitter said, Impact Knockouts World Champion Mickey James is announced for the Royal Rumble. Another company's champion, with full credit to that company, announced as an entrant in the Royal Rumble. And then I turn on Hard to Kill and Tom Hannafin is on there and he's and he's doing the play-by-play -play and he's crushing it. And at the end of that pay-per-view, Mickey James beats Deanna Perrazzo and they say, and now Mickey James will go in to the Royal Rumble match as Impact Knockouts champion. And it's like, oh my God, 
we are living in an insane time for wrestling. And it's, like I said, opened the door to conversation about so many other people, both in the women's and men's Royal Rumble match. But before we have that conversation, I reached out to Mickey James. I wanted to have a conversation with Mickey James about everything that's going on right now, how this came to be and how she's feeling leading up to the Royal Rumble uh, this Saturday. So that's what we did and that's what we'll do here this week on Not Sam Wrestling. The Not Sam Wrestling interview. Well, joining me now, somebody that a year ago, if I had to guess, I would have said, well, hopefully she'll be joining me on NXT pre-shows and has instead gone ahead and set the wrestling world on fire once more. Ladies and gentlemen, Mickey James. What's going on, Mickey? Oh, not much. Thanks, Sam. You know, I had so much fun commentating with you and the, all the pre-show stuff and everything that we did. That was so fun. It was fun, but I would imagine that you're having even more fun now. I'm having a blast. Time I, thought, I yes. mean, there's a big gold belt behind you. So that's there is. Fun. Well, it's silver, silver, but and gold in my heart. You know, I'm, yeah. I thought like symbolically gold. For sure. For all intents sure. and purposes, right? Like, well, they weigh about the same. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's been it's been a wild time for you. Obviously, you get the whole world talking uh, about your presence upcoming in the Royal Rumble. But I'll tell you what I thought was the, the trippiest part of all. It was to go from obviously the announcement on SmackDown with you being announced as the Impact Knockouts champion. Like, I feel like that was the biggest deal of all. But then I turn on Hard to Kill and you and Deanna main event, and it's fantastic and it's great. And then the sell at the end of the show is Tom Hannafin, the former Tom Phillips, selling too. And now she's going to go to the Royal Rumble match. And I'm like, what am I watching? What a wild time. What a parallel universe that we like it's crazy the metaverse is what yeah. that's what the kids say i don't know i just learned that word like two weeks ago <laughs> no it's crazy it's and it's insane and it's really cool that we've been able to make this happen and i'm honored to um have been asked to come back but also to represent impact wrestling and kick down this ceiling door whatever we want to call it to do something pretty monumental, you know, and that it's it's just crazy what a year can do, you know? Yeah, I mean, to go from, I don't know. And I mean, I, I would imagine that when, when you're gone from WWE, you were in a pretty unique situation because you more than just about anybody else would have been aware of what the wrestling world looked like outside of WWE. I mean, when you've got the former NWA world's champion in your house, you know what I mean? Like, like the yeah. home, the home business, you're aware that like, okay, this isn't the end all be all. There's more in wrestling out there that's going on right now. Um, uh, were you ready to kind of hit the ground running because of that? Or were you still a little like, I don't, where do I fit in, in this current landscape? Um, yes and no. I think a little column A, column B. I think I wasn't worried about, oh no, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I feel that, um, I will always have a place within wrestling, whatever that capacity is. Like I love the business and um, I've pretty much dedicated, you know, over half my life to it and to get where I'm at. Um, I learned that lesson the first time um, that there is life after WWE. And I know it doesn't seem that way, but there's so many different ways, especially now more than ever 
to um, create your own value and to be your own boss and to kind of make your own rules. And um, for me, I'm like, this is a great for, especially where I'm sitting, you know, for the the length of time that I've been in the business and and what I see or or how I want to continue to contribute. Um, It's like, it's just a really powerful place for me to be sitting in too. So it's cool. It's cool. Did you know, I mean, obviously on some level you had to know you wanted to get involved in the behind the scenes side of it and putting on shows and bringing, you know, the women's show to the NWA and everything. But did you also know, like, look, I'm also really not done in the ring. I think I've got a lot more to do. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, when you talk about when we were working together, even at NXT, I loved that stuff. I I enjoyed it so much, but I felt like I still just wanted to go out kind of my way and not just make, I I had like one good, you know, really killer storyline or run or something in that capacity. Oh my God. I'm sorry. What is that? Do you know the, (laughs) (laughs) there's a voice. That was Val um, (laughs) on the Voxer app. That was wide open. I apologize. No, no, We still use that app. Do you know, are you aware of that app? I don't think so. Um, it's like a walkie talkie. It was pre <laughs> WhatsApp. But and it's like, is it like the next towel? Like the boop, boop, like the. And you can walkie talkie back and forth to each other all day long. <laughs> Half my life is spent on Voxer, you know, and I love it. Um, anyway, what I was saying was when, when we were talking is that I felt like I was already kind of feeling the, that out and dabbing my feet in those waters. And I think it was definitely a conversation of like, that is the next step, right? Is to go to work behind the scenes. Cause that's just a whole new um, avenue to contribute in a different way and to help the future and all the things. Um, but I think that I was still like, yeah, but I just want to go out like, you know, bow out. Yes. In a badass way. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I just didn't think I was going to be able to have a chance to do that there. And I've been able to come and kick ass at impact and reclaim the knockouts championship for the fourth time. Knockouts world championship. I know it's cool. It's amazing, especially especially with the weight, like as as much as wrestling has changed in in, in the amount of time that you've been around and, and, and like maintaining relevancy for a moment is difficult. Finding your spot throughout the changes in the industry is amazing. Um, Although I wasn't surprised that you wanted to get back in the ring because I will tell you there was a moment and it was uh, around that NXT time where I I knew that you weren't ready to kind of be in that position yet because I uh, referred to you in conversation, not on the air or anything, as being a legend. And you kind of had an eye roll, not in a negative way, but just in a like, I mean, I appreciate what my vibe was. You appreciated the compliment, but that kind of has a connotation of I've accomplished what I was here to accomplish and I haven't done quite all that yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it is a compliment and you never want to be uh, uh, ungrateful. I'm always grateful. But at the same time, I feel like when people refer to you as a legend, then they feel like, OK, your time in that spotlight Yes. Done. And it's time for the new generation when I still have all these goals because you have to constantly keep raising the bar for yourself, you know, and and I think that there's so many different ways to um, contribute and to give back into the business. And I feel like it's 
you know, I felt like I wasn't even halfway, you know, I wasn't done yet and I had more, you know, more to do and more to give. So, yeah. Were there specific people that you wanted to have matches with right away? Like, you know, like when your head starts spinning, you're like, okay, first, let me get my feet on the ground and figure out what just happened. But now that I'm there, who's out there on the scene that I can have matches now with that I want to? Yeah, I kind of thought about that, but I feel like my first, you know, initial thing, the one that thing that I wanted to do was empower and to be able to produce this all women show. I wanted to, because to, in my mind, I felt like I was a lot of my conversation, even when I was like working behind the scenes or, or trying that on, it was something that I really thought like could be something cool. Um, and so I felt like that was really important to me and to just test my myself and see if uh it was going to be successful or not and it was and that was awesome and um so that was where a lot of my focus and my attention immediately went uh and then just kind of doubt i'm like you do think about because there's such a vast amount of talent out there everywhere you know and the all the female rosters are thick and uh with some really incredible talent and i felt like i had a new opportunity that i again didn't get a chance to to completely do at wwe and work with everybody that i wanted to work with but now i had a chance to kind of go out and make a whole new mark for myself and hopefully a whole different audience that perhaps wasn't watching me on the wwe product or they didn't know this other version of mickey james you know right totally totally and i mean the way like fan cycles and wrestling keep going and going it's like you absolutely i mean as much as you you would have to remind people after this wwe run that there was an impact run before it let alone everything you know that that came even before that um did you know impact was a spot you wanted to be in uh pretty quick like after the empower show were you like yeah no impact is where i want to perform again Well, I'm in a really beautiful spot because I can, I'm doing impact and I'm working, still working with NWA and they're like, there's this beautiful relationship between them. So I can really help the women's division over there at NWA and still, you know, do things along that side, whether it's empower Two or whatever it might be, but also to represent impact as the knockouts world champion and to be kind of the female face of the company and to go back and have the story of these two worlds and these two women from different, you know, generations of what is women's wrestling kind of go at it. It was just, it was cool. And we got to do some awesome stuff like the fight scene at, at the barn and like different ways to present the women and women and, and wrestling, you know? So, um, and that's what I was saying, like that creative kind of outlet to really be able to mold and tell the story in a different way. Cause I'm always about the story and the emotion and all those things. Yeah. To make you care one way or the other, whether you love it or you hate it, it something. Which and, and, you know, and I mean, you were able to experience that uh, pretty early on in your career, though. It's like, I mean, that first WWE run with Trish, uh, you know, I think just as many people remember specific matches as remember the story and the story right. arc and the moments from it. And I think that that is something that's so important. Like, I think in wrestling moves like you'll remember the moves and the matches that night and maybe the next night, but like years down the road it's going to be the stories and the moments like, like for you and Deanna, I feel like the even bigger thing was what brought us to the point where we're watching two women in a Texas death match, main event, a pay-per-view like that, that story becomes what it's about. Yeah. 
For sure. And I felt like, you know, we knew that that match was going to be the main event, especially with the women doing the Ultimate X match to open the show. So it was a powerful night for the girls already. Um, And that was a really cool spot. And I thought it was really progressive of Impact because they didn't want to just promote it as, oh, we're going to put the girls on the main just to like pop the, you know, the fans because they wanted to, you know, say like, the women got the spot because they deserve this spot. They are the main event because the the amount of this, you know, stuff we had put to get there to that point. Um, and it was a Texas death match. And it was the first time the knockouts women's, you know, world championship had ever been on the line as the main event. Um, and so, I, you know, and I know that's pretty historic for us. And I know women have main event at shows and all these things, but it just shows that, you know, wherever you are, the women are doing really, really powerful things, you know, and it's cool to see. Um, and you know, when I first got in the business, if you would have told me that, that the women would be the main event or that they would be doing these types of matches, I would have said, you're insane, you know, and, but the business is always ever evolving, like you said, and changing, and you kind of have to go with the flow and kind of try to keep up with it and also evolve yourself and stay true to yourself as far as where you fit in that realm, you know? What can I tell you? I love this guy, but so many people hate him. Why do people hate Steven Singer? You heard me. I hate Steven Singer. You hear it all the time, especially in that Philadelphia area. Maybe you've uh, seen it on a billboard. Maybe you've heard him on the radio. The reason people hate Steven Singer, the reason he's become the most hated jeweler in all of America is because of the other jewelers. They can't stand the guy. Reason being, Steven Singer has the best Valentine's gift ever. And I'm excited to tell you about it. Steven Singer and I are bringing you the best Valentine's Day gift ever. Are you listening? I want you to picture this. A real, long stem, American beauty rose, lavishly and deeply dipped in pure 24 karat gold. It lasts forever. You heard right. And they start at only $59. 59 bucks for a gift that is gonna express your love for a lifetime. His beautiful Valentine's Day red rose won't wilt, it won't die, it doesn't even need water. This is the number one gift women want, something unique, something special, something that lasts forever. They come with your own personalized love note in Steven's signature gift box, shipped for free, starting at just $59. Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com or Visit his showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly to see what I'm talking about. Real roses from a real jeweler for your real love. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, and you know, I think it's really interesting too, because like you talk about, you know, being in WWE and realizing like, oh, maybe they think that it's time for me to transition into this new place in my career, but I'm not really ready to do that. And I don't know if you did. I feel like it's easy for a person to start feeling like, oh, I don't know if my value is recognized like as much as I thought. But what I think is so interesting is that you leave. And if there was ever a thing that could cement the fact that like, look, that timing is timing and business is business. But when it comes to your value, like I was I was saying somebody that I think there's no doubt in my mind that the WWE did not say we want the impact knockouts champion to be in the Royal Rumble this year. I said, Mickey's not in the Rumble because she's the champion. The champion is in the Rumble because she's Mickey. And it's like the WWE, I almost feel like went around, went and did something that they have never done before because you have such a value as a person to come back for the Royal Rumble. I mean, that's, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's how I took they it. Certainly, and, I'm sure that they certainly didn't seek out the impact, you know, world's champion, the knockouts champion. I don't think that was it was they called me, you know, because it's me, you know, yeah. I think um, given everything, I'm grateful for that opportunity and for an opportunity to do something that's never been done before. Yeah. You know? And you know, not just to do it for the women, but for all of wrestling, because it really opens the doors to so many um, things, potential things. And the idea of dream matches and the idea of um, champions versus champions and things that you would have never thought possible before. Uh, But also it's just, um, I'm really excited and I want to represent impact and I want to represent myself and don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I always was open to, and I always still want to move behind the scenes and I'm still constantly learning and, and evolving, but I also, you know, wanted to do something awesome and I'm having a chance to do it now. And, uh, I think to be asked to even come back for the rumble is a really unique thing. And I wasn't going to say no, because I felt like a lot of people when they, you know, especially in the last year, um, because on the ladder, when I left that whole incident, I felt like that took precedent over my whole career. And it started to put like this little Mm. asterisk beside my name of like, Oh yeah, it was that thing. And so here's all this magic, like you say, like with Trish and with Lita and with Melina and with Beth that I had done. And it was almost overshadowed by this little dark cloud. And I just didn't want that to be the final thing, you know, like that as powerful as it was and, and the change that it made awesome. But at the same time, that, really stunk because it was the first thing that people would bring up you know and like oh yeah sorry they did i'm like yeah that's yeah i'm sorry they did it too and they are sorry but you know i just trying to move past it and i felt like it was still this like little lingering thing and so now this could be the last thing or whatever that is you know and or at least like in this moment this is the thing right like this is yeah when it comes to mickey and wwe what's the last thing well it's the fact that she showed up to the royal rumble and had another company's title with her the whole time, which by the way, I it, like the irony is not lost on me on that either. I think it's so funny that like, it wasn't that long ago. Like I was watching, you were watching when like WWE and WCW were doing everything they could to make sure that their champion didn't show up on the other company's TV. And it was like this huge right. deal. And now, I mean, talk about evolution of wrestling. Not all, it's like, it's the complete opposite. It's like such a positive thing the idea that this could happen right yeah no it's it's really crazy and cool and yeah you know yeah. different and um 
And I know you when I show up and win the Royal Rumble. That's what I meant. Yes. That's obviously what I meant. And, you know, the fact that, like, look, this Royal Rumble stuff is all great to talk about, but the real story is going to be when it's the WWE Women's Champion versus the Impact Knockouts Champion at WrestleMania. That's going to be huge. That is money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no. uh, where were you when the or 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 what was that situation like when the call came in that this was even a, a possibility? Um. Well, I, I, Scott Demore called me first because mm -hmm. I guess Johnny, you know, Johnny had reached out to him because it's company in a company and they wanted to go through the proper channels. Um. So and just to kind of get gauge me on how I felt about it. And, you know, it was one of those things because I was like, God, you, you pray for these things that are just like some closure or whatever the kind of bit is. And it was just kind of how it presented itself. And I was like, I think that there's a potential to do something like this is unheard of. And um, I think there's a potential to do something really incredible here. And if if it works out, awesome. And hopefully it's uh, something cool for everybody. And it just seemed to work out. Thank God. That's amazing. And thank God, too, that Impact is like a cooperative company. I mean, I'm sure you've yeah. worked for companies that you're like sitting there going, this is going to be good for you. And they're like, no, we can't do this. We can't. And you're like, the, yeah. an opportunity is lost. You know, that well, I think that they've worked together in the past. And I feel like Johnny and, and Scott have a good working relationship. And I've always had a great relationship with Johnny personally. I mean, he hired me, you know, way back when it was like that weird, like him and Jr. and Dr. Tom, when I first had my first uh, run there when I just got signed to OBW. And even, you know, as he was going back in, I, I mean, I love Johnny. I really appreciate him because we've he, we've always been honest with one another and just, you know, so I think that um, for him to be able to then call me after and ask me back, I think it was like a real feel good moment for both of us as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's small circles, Sam, you know, it's all the same people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, again, that's something you probably learned from the beginning, like you, right. you can't be a schmuck to people because don't be a schmuck, <laughs> you know, like. Everybody's staying. Every right. wrestling is like wrestling is not like an industry where people just dip in and dip out. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. Right? And I'll see you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when they announced you on not only on SmackDown, specifically as the Impact Knockouts champion, but also tweeted out Impact Knockouts World Champion Mickey James is going to be in the Royal Rumble. Like that's a very direct big deal thing to do uh did you know that was gonna happen that you're gonna be introduced as champion and everything yes and it was something that i i had asked for but i you know you never know if it's going we'll see you know it's like one of those yeah. things of and um yeah i i was waiting and i was hoping that it would get a good reaction because you you know i felt like oh this is something unique and different and pretty powerful and it kind of blew up a little bit and <laughs> Yeah, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. You know, because you always hope for that type of reaction or be able to, to like it just kind of solidifies like your your career or that people care or that they're, you know, invested in, in one way or another. And uh, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing worse than when you think something is a big deal, like in your head, you're like, oh, this is huge. And then right. it happens and it's like a pin <laughs> drop, like nobody cares. And you're like, yeah, you're like what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? You didn't like my last single. Wow. <laughs> so I, I don't know if uh, conversations have been had or would have to be had, but are you, as of today, planning on going 
into the rumble with the title on? Like, are you going to carry the title onto the pay-per-view, the physical? 1,000%. I mean, yeah. um, uh, you know, unless for some unforeseen reason it gets stolen or something, <laughs> you know, I, I feel I am the knockouts world champion and that is who I am. I just had a kick-ass main event match with Deanna and I feel like that, I, that's who I am, hardcore country, and that's what I'm representing. So that's who I want to be walking it. That's the confidence that I have now. And if that's anything that I've learned in this last year is that I think I forgot and lost that bit of confidence in who I was and started to second guess myself and second guess my decisions. And I don't do that anymore. And um, that's a real awesome place to sit. So if I have anything to do about it, hardcore country's coming. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that is the way to do it. It's like uh, you just I mean, for God's sake, you just won a Texas death match to keep your title. If you're not proud of that, I don't know what you like. Why have a Texas oh. death match if you're not going to carry that thing around? <laughs> right? And I have a low center of gravity, so it's not so easy to get me <laughs> over the top rope, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of teeter. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, have you thought about, uh, have you thought about what it's going to be like at all? Like, or is it one of those things where you're just figuring out what's in front of you at the moment and you'll get there when you get there? Yeah. Um, I think there's a potential of anything can happen always, yeah. you know, um, I'm going in with a very open mind and just excited and with a positive kind of attitude because I really want it to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And amazing for everybody, because I really feel like it's a win win situation for everyone, no matter what happens. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Is it one of those things where you're looking forward to uh, seeing people again, like getting back for there? Sure. and seeing people? Yeah. Yeah. Especially like I'm like, oh, well, all my friends who've already been announced and like there's like the different generations kind of colliding. But also I'm interested to see who the still the surprises are. And like the Rumble was is always one of my favorite uh pay-per-views just because it was one of those things that you were always shocked and surprised and the pop of like, who's going to come out next and all those things. So, um, yeah. You Is know. there anybody that you specifically would want to eliminate in the match? If you're like, okay, ring is filling up. Like, who are you? Who, um, who you I want, want to moment? eliminate all yeah. the, like, I want to Everyone. eliminate Charlotte for obvious reasons. Love I it. want to eliminate Becky. Well, she's not going to be out there because she's already champ champ, but um, <laughs> she's wrestling a uh, do drop. Yes. 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 But uh, Charlotte, but you're going right, right to the comes top. out there though. I'm throwing her ass over the top too. So <laughs> come on down. Uh, no, Charlotte for sure. I think because that was, a, we had a little moment in the rumble before. Yep. Uh, organically and but we've never you know we the whole time we were there we never were in a match together that's crazy it's wild to think and i just felt like it was a cool i think too because she was uh working with a lot of the legends and stuff um in that kind of space so i just felt like oh this was organically going to happen eventually um and it just never did mm -hmm. um but that's okay i think um Bianca, I'm going to throw her butt right out too, because I know that people, uh, she's the probably the number one draft pick to win. Top dog. You know, so yeah. I got to get rid of her. Love her. Love yeah. her. But, you know, competition. What it's about. Yeah, you like all these people. They're there all going to be one winner. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And then it you got to go. No friends. It's show it, business. It, it's show business. That's right. Yes. It's my business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to remind people. You got to go out there and remind people what uh, what this is all about. Yeah. Um, and were you surprised that it became uh, 
a focal point for hard to kill for that match where it was like that was part it became part of the story i thought it was i thought it very organically became part of the story and it was i thought really important to acknowledge because it was the thing that was on fans minds but right. we surprised that it became that sort of like as this match is happening let's not forget it means even more because mickey is going to be in the Royal Rumble, and she wants to carry that title into the Royal Rumble. Right, and I think a lot of people thought I was going to lose Yeah, that hard to kill because they thought, you know, everybody's just mind goes in a million places. They're like, oh, she's for sure losing it hard to kill because now she's going to go back to WWE or whatever. It has really kind of hooked people in for the pay-per-view because they genuinely didn't know what was going to happen, you know. Um, Yeah, it was cool. It was cool because it just kind of added a different edge to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. Do you uh, do you have a favorite story or run or whatever it was, a favorite moment from your last WWE run? Um, or a favorite hmm. opponent, maybe? I don't know. Uh, I loved work. Well, I, a thing is, is that I don't feel like a really Oscar. Obviously, I loved working with Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved working with all the girls, even with Becky when I first came in and we were doing the stuff with Becky. Yeah. But I didn't have like a lot of singles kind of things because I was all, I was paired up with Alexa and then I had the angle with Alexa with when she broke off with Naya. Um, but a lot of the stuff was in kind of team stuff. I didn't really have a lot of singles stories when I came back. I mean, um, I still feel like some of my favorite stories were in my first run. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I wish that I had had a chance to do more one-on-one stuff because I just I think the girls are so great now and it's just a different level and I thought there was a real opportunity to have some cool unique matches like of, of things that you would hadn't seen before um with Bailey and Sasha and Becky and you know all those girls so um yeah I don't what? know I always say my favorite story obviously aside from when I finally got to turn heel at impact and I was hardcore country heel Mickey James which did not last very long <laughs> um, was when was obviously the trition because you talked about earlier it's all about the stories and the emotion and I think if you go back and you watch that match it was a great match but in today's wrestling standards of like these spots and these like little things in their minds it probably wasn't it probably wasn't a five-star match but the emotion there those moments that we were able to take all that time to kind of create to like kind of bring to life in that match is what made that so memorable. So that's- yeah, and I mean, I also, when I look at matches like that too, from that era, like I also feel like a lot of you were kind of fighting your way through what women's wrestling had been for right. all those years. So it was like, you were doing everything that you could to get past that and start to get into this space where you could have, legitimate five-star matches and, sure. and, and i i feel like you can see that you know especially with with an opponent like trish who was obviously not brought into the wwe to have five-star matches and then evolved into having matches with people like you and jazz and and lita that are are, are yeah. great well, I was, trish is like a, a rare breed because it's not everyone that you're going to take from some obscurity away from wrestling and then you're going to and they're going to become a star and actually go down in history as one of the best, you know, uh, out there like Trish has done, you know, and she learned a lot of that. Most of that she was learning as she went, you know, and on the road, but to take the time to then 
train with fit prior to the shows. And even when we were doing our stuff, like we would work on so much, like just different stuffs. And we just had good chemistry, just kind of bounce off each other naturally. So it didn't feel like we were, you know, acting the whole time. And um, yeah, but there's not everybody that you're going to do that with, you know, like there's that's a rare breed of uh, there's very few people that you're just going to pluck from the NFL or from fitness or from there, like the, and then turn them into like a mega star, but with the athletic ability and the believability of kicking ass like she, she did. So, yeah, you know, I never put it into context like this, but the way you describe Trish right now, it's almost like she's a female Kurt angle. Kind of in that same kind of. way that she's and I'm not still stalking her. I promise. <laughs> well, I mean, kidding. you know, <laughs> well, just on Sundays and on Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and hopefully who knows? Maybe she'll be a surprise in the Royal Rumble. Ooh, yeah. I so. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kill my pop. Do you, yeah, you better make sure you're out there first. Yeah. <laughs> Boiled again. <laughs> uh, do you think it's the, you know, you, I, you, your announcement got fans going crazy ever since they announced you as being in the Royal Rumble. I feel like in the men's and women's Rumble matches now, the idea of the surprise entrant has gone so far yeah. off the beaten path. It's just like now everybody all of a sudden is an option. Everybody's predicting this person, that person. For sure. Everybody talks about this forbidden door. Right. That's a thing now in wrestling. Is the forbidden door a real thing or is that something that kind of fans just like to have fun with? I, I definitely think it's a real thing in some capacity, but um, it's a term that I, you know, has just gotten thrown around a lot. I think in the last because there's different relationships of company. I feel like companies have already always kind of worked together. Like uh, I know Impact had worked together with WWE in the past and then to uh, even like NWA and Impact or Ring of Honor and all these different promotions kind of doing it. And then it became, you know, coined as the forbidden door. And it's, I think it's really cool because when you look at other boxing, MMA or these things, the idea of like these different champions from different leagues kind of facing off in these dream matches, like those are big money marquee matches. Um, so the idea of, of like kind of translating that into wrestling is really really cool i think it's just something that hasn't been done to this magnitude uh, you know especially with wwe which is like the standard bearer for wrestling like that's what people that is always has been and and you think about it and then what better show than the rumble where if you win you go to wrestlemania which at the end of the day that is that is it yeah yeah and it is it is potentially like you can make all these moments right like you can sit there and go and like oh Mickey's just here for like for a moment, like just for the pop or whatever. But like all of a sudden, depending on what the match looks like and feels like you get down to the final four and all of a sudden people are going like, wait a minute. This could actually happen like this is a thing now. But and yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah. feel like that's why that match is like no matter what's going on in wrestling, everybody kind of stops for the rumble. Yeah. Anything's kind of possible. And I think that them announcing it by myself, then obviously open that door of oh crap, because there is a lot of surprises that hasn't been announced, but like, okay, well then who could possibly show up? Because this we never thought was possible before. And now this is possible. So anything's possible. So the announcement comes down, then you main event a pay-per-view. Next, you're going to go and be in the Royal Rumble match. This is all 2022. What are you going to do in February? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess I'll are... have to be getting ready for mania, you know, after the, <laughs> 
So that's true. You'll be getting ready for training in yeah. two a days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to win the Royal Rumble because otherwise it's going to be like November and it's going to be like, hey, what did you do this year, uh, Mickey? And you're like, well, January was fantastic. It was huge. <laughs> you should have been there. January was tremendous. <laughs> well, Mickey, you are the best. Uh, people, if they're not already watching, first of all, of course, you should be watching NWA. Of course, you should be watching Impact Wrestling. But also, there's another show. Big show. Huge show, as a matter of fact. Yes. About a certain type of women. Is that right? About some grown ass women. That's right. You know? Because that's <laughs> yeah. what it takes in this business. You got to be a grown ass woman. So where um, can people, what, what, where can, first of all, who joins you on grown ass women and where can people watch? Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, well, you go to golftv.com, but it's myself. It's one legend, uh, Lisa Marie, uh, otherwise known as Victoria of Tara. Course. And then another lovely, lovely lady, our SoCal Val. Oh. Uh, and it's just us talking about, you know, we talk to our friends. We'd have men, we have gams is what we call them. <laughs> grown ass men. Yes. Grown ass men. We have gams on all the time. <laughs> we had, we have Charmel on. We just had Charmel on, but we have like, we're almost at our hundredth episode, which is crazy to think. Wow. Uh, yeah. So you can find it on YouTube. Um, and then we obviously we, we do our full uh, exclusive, like the full length ones on Patreon. We have a Patreon that we do. And we also have podcast form, which is free. You can just download it for free. And it's the full episodes for free in your ear holes. So you can listen to it while you work out. Um, it's awesome. So, yeah, it's been a great year, you know, and I just think like with we Nick and I launched Legacy Subs last year and it was it's done amazing. It's just like last year was for our first year ever was really, really great. So working on that, God TV every Wednesday, we kick butt in that. And then um, I'm going to be the knockouts champion of the world for eternity. So um, it's got to be very intimidating to be like your kid because like you can't you got to succeed. Like you come in a yeah. house of success. There's a lot of success in your house. You're so sweet. Um, I, can I be honest? Yeah. He, the only thing he thinks about mm -hmm. is trains. Trains. Thomas Tank. And, well, we just got a, we just got a Nintendo switch. And mm -hmm. so, um, which I actually reached out to Austin Creed to ask him to make sure <laughs> I was ordering the right thing. Cause I was like, what, wait, what is this thing? Um, <laughs> But yeah, we just got one of those. But if it's not trains yeah. or, you know, and, and wooden trains, electric trains, any type of trains, really. Um, Polar Express has become the new favorite thing. I've only watched it since Christmas about, you know, 30 times. So uh, <laughs> I just no, I just wrestling is still very rarely, but he has like he's not. He's seen it and he's like, oh, mommy falls down. And I'll make you yeah, honey. Mommy falls down a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just love the idea of like, you know, you, you're 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 on these like pillars. Your people like have this idol worship for both of you. And then you come home and it's like, you know, a train conductor. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I we did, it. went to go see the whole train station down in Nashville where they had the turntables and all the things. He's obsessed, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Well, it's good. It's good. He's got yeah, passion. Let's be an engineer. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. Cool. Are we taking a train? Yeah. Like, okay. Cool. <laughs> Can we take a train there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love well, it. 
I appreciate the time. Everybody check out all the shows and, of course, the Royal Rumble. And, hey, maybe we should do this again before WrestleMania, before your main event. I know. I would love that. Fantastic. Thank you, Mickey James. Sam, thank you so much. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to Not Sam Wrestling. While you're here, don't forget to please subscribe to this podcast. Don't just download it. Subscribe wherever it is that you got this podcast. And if it's on Apple Podcasts, Leave a five-star rating and a review. It helps the podcast more than you know. While you're subscribing to things, make sure that you visit us at youtube.com slash notsamwrestling and hit the subscribe button there. We've got every interview as well as podcast specials going up every single week for free at youtube.com slash notsamwrestling. And if you want even more Not Sam Wrestling, if one show a week does not suffice, become a Not Sam shill. At patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, we do a bonus episode every single week. You can watch the podcast get recorded live every single week. Video of everything that we do, opportunities for Zoom calls, and of course, for everybody that signs up as a Not Sam show, you get every Not Sam Wrestling podcast early and 100% ad-free. Thank you for listening to the show and for your continued support of Not Sam Wrestling. Thanks to Mickey James. I don't know how you can not be excited about uh, Rumble this year. And I, I do have to tell first of all, before we get into everything with the Rumble, there's so much wrestling stuff going on this weekend. Of course, uh, the world at GCW is going down. Well, it went down on Sunday. This is coming out on Monday. I am very, very excited. At the time of this recording, I am about to head into the city to go to the Hammerstein. So I will have all of my thoughts on the show either on Patreon or next week here on Not Sam Wrestling, or maybe I'll drop some bonus stuff during the week because I am going to try to get some content as it pertains to that. It really is. I mean, as far as independent wrestling shows go, this is as big as it gets. You know, running the Hammerstein and being on pay-per-view, this is not a thing that happens for independent wrestling promotions, you know? Since ECW, maybe, if you even consider ECW an independent. By the time ECW was running the Hammerstein, they were the big three. WWE, WCW, ECW. Ring of Honor ran the Hammerstein, but that was also Ring of Honor's not an independent. Ring of Honor has uh, corporate backing to it. So the idea that this uh, mud show, this outlaw mud show, could just show up to New York City and run the Hammerstein ballroom, it really is something to behold. And hopefully... Uh, a lot of you got the pay-per-view last night um, and and exposed yourself to it. Uh, if not, I'm sure you can still go on the Fight app and get the replay of it. Watch it this week before you get to the Rumble because it really is just a, it's such a beautiful time to be a wrestling fan because it all exists. Every, every way, shape, and form there is to present professional wrestling is out there and, and it's gettable. For us, which hasn't always been the case. But let's talk about uh, what maybe we can expect. Also, big shout out to 2K uh, Games, huh? I don't know if you guys saw, but I was, uh, especially after that Rey Mysterio podcast we did last week, it was a lot of fun to be there in uh, Tulsa hosting the press conference for 2K to announce the cover superstar, Rey Mysterio. If you go to WWE's YouTube channel or 2K's YouTube channel, WWE Games, whatever it is, you can watch uh, Byron Saxton and myself interview Rey Mysterio, a little bit about his career and a little bit about being uh, in the game. It was just a blast. I can't wait till the game comes out. I understand 2K21, 2K20 was a disaster. 
But the fact that they didn't even do 2K21, it would lead me, and the fact that they are, I feel like if 2K22 was going to be a disaster, they would know it already. They would know how badly it went the last time, and they would just try to kind of push it out, right? They wouldn't maybe try to promote it quite as heavy. Just try to like, okay, I guess contractually we have to put a game out. But they seem really excited about this one. So I will tell you as soon as I get my hands on the game, uh, hopefully there'll be more opportunities to grab some content for the podcast and stuff like that. But I am I am excited. They, they, they said they've redesigned the game from the ground up. Like gameplay is all different and everything. So I, I can't imagine that they would go to all the trouble of redesigning the gameplay for it still not to work, you know? But we'll see. Stranger things have happened, right? And stranger things will happen at the Royal Rumble this year. So it is uh, this, I don't know, man. This is WWE's first Royal Rumble back in front of fans since uh, uh, 2021, I guess. No, 2020. So this is the first, yeah, because 2021 was uh, in the Thunderdome. And the Thunderdome Royal Rumble was, I mean, it was cool. It was a good Rumble match, but it's just, you know, you can't go back and watch anything from the Thunderdome. It's all, you can't go back and watch anything from the Thunderdome or anything from the Performance Center. You just, it's too, it's too depressing, quite frankly. So the fact that we're going to be in St. Louis in front of a baseball stadium, I believe, full of people is, uh, it's, it's going to be a thrill. And I feel like WWE is going to show up. This Royal Rumble uh, pay-per-view and the matches uh, will be very telling because obviously Royal Rumble 2020 it was one of the best Royal Rumble matches of all time. It was just incredible. It was so, so good. And I think that the pandemic happening, uh, you know, a month after it kind of screwed everything up in terms of the legacy of just that match. But go back if you have time this week and watch the 2020 Royal Rumble because it really is incredible. The story they tell with Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre and the and the rivals of Brock Lesnar from the past that ended up coming into the ring and Brock Lesnar taking him out. It was just an edge coming back. The whole thing. It was just an amazing, amazing night. Um, and I feel like that's the direction that they want to go in with the Royal Rumble going forward, I think. I mean, clearly they're making this a huge pay-per-view. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Now look, and then the Women's Royal Rumble match with that, as we were talking about before the interview with Mickey James, the the whole slew of legends coming back for it, as well as uh, uh, current roster talent, as well as surprise spots that are not announced and won't be announced shortly until the night of the show. Um... For me, we'll start with the title matches. I think that when you're talking about the title matches at the Royal Rumble, clearly you could have Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns win those matches. Whenever Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are in a match against other opponents, odds are that Brock Lesnar will win his and Roman Reigns will win his. I am not advocating for that to happen. However, if it were to happen... Here's how I would want that scenario to play out. I would, I, I believe 100% that we will, we are absolutely getting Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now, Roman Reigns getting COVID, missing day one, completely threw a monkey wrench into everything. And I think now that Roman is recovered, everybody is safe. We can clearly say that was actually a good thing. That, that the way that turned everything on its head and the storytelling that has resulted because of it, I think has been great. We've gotten Brock Lesnar on Raw multiple times, which is a really good thing. So, 
but I, I don't, I don't think that I think that they planned on doing Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania before that. I think that even after day one, the plan was to make it a, this series of three. You know, we've seen Brock and Roman many times, obviously, but this version of Brock and Roman, I think the original idea was to have that trifecta, to do the match in Saudi, to do the match at day one, and then to have the big match at WrestleMania. The question is, was Brock going to beat Roman and then resulting in a rubber match to get to WrestleMania? Was Roman going to win the Royal Rumble? I don't know. I don't know. But there are two ways to do the Brock-Roman match, in my opinion. I mean, technically three. Let's go over the three ways. The first is... Brock wins and Roman wins. And you go to WrestleMania and you main event night two with the WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, versus the Universal champion, Roman Reigns. Both titles on the line. Now, key here for me is that this is not a unification match. The winner will hold both titles, but will not unify those titles. I don't think we need to go back to the the era of the undisputed champion. I like having separate champions on both shows. But for me, I feel like Roman should beat Brock at WrestleMania if that's the scenario. In any scenario, I think Roman should beat Brock at WrestleMania. But in this scenario, I think Roman should beat Brock at WrestleMania and go on a short run like Becky Lynch did uh, after WrestleMania being the WWE and Universal Champion, being the champion on Raw and the champion on SmackDown, defending both titles, maybe doing two matches on some pay-per-views, but being that champ champ, showing up everywhere and having both titles and wearing both titles. And maybe you make the WWE Championship red the way the Universal title used to be. So he's got one blue title, one red title. So we know exactly what this guy is representing, pure dominance over the entire company, not over a roster, not over a brand, and pure dominance over an entire company. If you don't, here's another way you could do it. You could have Paul Heyman turn on Brock at the Rumble and cost him his match against Bobby Lashley. This would lead to Brock Lesnar then going to the Elimination Chamber, which is reportedly going to be in Saudi Arabia. Oh, no, it isn't. They announced that officially, that the Elimination Chamber is going to Saudi Arabia. I think there was a WWE press release about that. And having Brock win the Elimination Chamber match, because I don't think he needs to go to the Royal Rumble and just eliminate everybody. I think Brock goes to Saudi, wins the Elimination Chamber match. That way we get... Brock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and Paul Heyman has now turned on Brock, and he's in Roman's corner. The reason why I think that uh, Paul would have to turn on Brock in order for Brock to lose the WWE Championship to Bobby Lashley is because, and even with Paul turning on Brock, I don't love this idea at all. It's my third favorite of three ideas. It's my least favorite, you could say, because I don't think that Brock Lesnar should get another loss going into WrestleMania. I think that the key to the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania is to make Brock Lesnar look less vulnerable and make Roman Reigns look more vulnerable. There has to be, if we just think that it's a given, I mean, we watched a year ago Roman Reigns stack Edge and Daniel Bryan on top of each other. We watched him beat John Cena at SummerSlam. If we we watched him beat Brock Lesnar before. If we just think that Roman Reigns is going to go into WrestleMania and beat Brock Lesnar because it's a given, that's not an interesting story to tell. 
What is interesting is if Brock is looking less vulnerable than ever and Roman Reigns is just starting to look vulnerable. I don't think that that it would hurt Brock terribly if Paul Heyman turned on him and cost him the match with Bob Lashley. I think the story would would switch immediately over to Brock and his feud with Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. And you'd get away from the Bobby Lashley thing quickly enough that it wouldn't really hurt Brock, but I also don't know that it would really help Brock. So that wouldn't be the direction that I would go. The direction that I would go is Brock Lesnar beats Bobby Lashley. There is no doubt in my mind. You look at Brock Lesnar matches. Brock Lesnar is going to make Bobby Lashley look like a million bucks. Bobby Lashley is going should lose to Brock Lesnar, but will absolutely come out looking stronger for it. I believe we will see lots of selling from Brock. I believe a story will be told. I believe that Bobby Lashley will look incredibly strong even in a loss against Brock Lesnar. So I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about Brock, and I think Brock winning against Bobby Lashley is like, oh, that's right, this is Brock Lesnar. Nobody beats Brock Lesnar. You could say the same thing about Roman Reigns, right? Nobody beats Roman Reigns. Nobody has beaten Roman Reigns. Such a big deal going into the Royal Rumble has been made of his 500-plus day run as Universal Champion. It's never been done before in the history of WWE. So what do you do? You use that story to end the run. Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. The unthinkable happens. What the hell just happened? Roman Reigns, for the first time since he returned at SummerSlam 2020, at SummerSlam 2020, loses and walks out without a title. Do you understand that? Roman Reigns hasn't walked out without a title. Roman Reigns has not lost. Roman Reigns loses to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins becomes the universal champion. Seth Rollins starts showing up. And, 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 you know, we may end up switching champions so that the universal title goes back to Raw. We may end up with Rollins going over to SmackDown because, you know, I think in terms of injecting some life into Monday Night Raw, the idea of having Brock and Roman show up on Monday Night Raw is not the worst idea in the world, and this is how it could happen. Roman loses to Seth. And now we immediately start telling the story of Roman and Brock Lesnar. Now, there's two ways this could happen. One, Roman wins the Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. Well, there's three. Two, Roman is just given a match at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar because it's not that far-fetched that Roman should get one of the main events at WrestleMania. And three, Roman loses to Seth Rollins. However, he takes one of the Usos' spots in the Royal Rumble match. Let's say Jey Uso He takes Jey Uso's spot, enters the Royal Rumble match, and wins the Royal Rumble. So Roman loses the title, but wins the Royal Rumble. And so we leave knowing it's going to be Roman and Brock at WrestleMania. And we could flirt with the idea of Roman and Seth, but we know it's going to be Roman and Brock. That's probably the way I would do it. Everybody leaves strong. The unthinkable has happened, but Roman still has his hand in the air. And then we move towards Roman versus Brock. Now... The other scenario for that Rumble match is that possibly somebody completely different wins. Possibly somebody wins that Royal Rumble match that brings us into whatever Seth Rollins' story is going to be at WrestleMania. And personally, the match that I would love to see at WrestleMania, the person that I would love to see Seth defending against at WrestleMania is Kevin Owens. I think... 
that it's not an accident that the partnership has been built between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. And that partnership is built to be destroyed. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens are not trustworthy people. That partnership exists so that we can destroy it. And what better time to destroy it than WrestleMania? It's like Festival of Friendship all over again, except this time done right, this time resulting in the main event of WrestleMania in a universal title match between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Also, Kevin Owens just re-signed with WWE, a multi-year deal. He's in it for the long haul. And Kevin Owens shows up. Kevin Owens every single time delivers. Now, the question is, who's the babyface and who's the heel? You know, I, I, I think there is a way to do the Rollins character without completely disrupting it and still make it a babyface. I think the drip god Seth Rollins can be a babyface. And I think personally that Kevin Owens is at his most compelling when he's a heel. I think that we go back for Kevin Owens. We go back to a time when he was there to fight for his family. You know, we hear from Kevin Owens. He says, people told me I should not re-sign with WWE. People told me I was crazy. My friends told me not to re-sign. My friends told me I should go wrestle with them. But the WWE put the money on the table. The WWE is providing for my family. And that's why I do what I do. But what makes me sick, what makes me sick is that after the Royal Rumble, when Seth Rollins walked out with the Universal title, I saw a pay stub that left mine laughable. I found it disgusting. And I realized the only way to make the real money in this business is to hold that title and to main event a show like WrestleMania. So I'm going to WrestleMania and I'm going to break Seth to put food on my table for my family. My kids are going to eat and they're going to eat well because I'm going to murder Seth Rollins. Something to that effect, I think, would be compelling. I love the idea of Roman versus Brock, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Now, the other question is, are we going to see surprises in the men's Royal Rumble match? You know, lots of names were popping around. Now, you know, it's died down a little bit. Some people thought we would see the return of Dean Ambrose in the Royal Rumble. I did not. I feel like if Mox were to return to the WWE, having Mox return in the Royal Rumble match would be such a tease. You know, I, I I think it would actually be counterproductive to what the WWE wants to do. Because having Mox return in the Royal Rumble would only remind people how amazing he is. And if he wasn't on Raw or SmackDown after the Royal Rumble, if it was just there for the one match, I you know, I, I think it would just leave people going, I wish I had that. So that's what you want, right? In a surprise, you want somebody coming in that you're happy to see but you're going to be okay with the fact that you're just seeing them here and there. And that's not to disrespect anybody, but like, you know, I, I feel like Mox is just so loved and his time in WWE was so not ready to be over and his potential was so not realized that, that that's the taste it would leave in people's mouths. You know, Cody was a name that was being thrown around as coming in, in the men's Royal Rumble match. Cody, uh, well, I don't think it will be him. 
Uh, I I think it it would be similar with the Mox situation where people would want more Cody. It wouldn't be exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like with Mox and Cody, there would be such a story to tell as to why they're in the Royal Rumble that if we weren't having them stick around past the Rumble match to tell that story, it would be worthless. You know, it wouldn't, I mean, it would not be worthless, but it would be worthless to the WWE. I would not be at all surprised to see Chris Jericho enter this match. And that's not to say that we wouldn't want to see more Chris Jericho if he were in this match. And that's not to say we wouldn't want to see a full story worked out. But because Chris Jericho is a legend, Chris Jericho is still active, but he is an absolute legend. If Chris Jericho left AEW today and tomorrow he was announced as going into the Hall of Fame, nobody would nobody would go already. They'd go, that's awesome. I'm here for it. That's not to say he's going to retire. That's not to say anybody wants him to retire. But... He is in that position where he can be the returning legend. Chris Jericho has just, I mean, he's created such a brand for himself that he can go into any arena for any promotion in the world. And for that night, it's a huge deal. If there is anybody from AEW that's in the Royal Rumble match, I believe it will be Jericho. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't put money on the fact that he'll be in the match, but I wouldn't be... He's the one that I'd be like, that's awesome. But that's what I would have thought would happen too. Um, you know, in terms of like impact guys, I've heard Moose's name thrown around. And while that would be cool, you know, I, I don't see that happening. Mickey James, as we talked about in the interview, Mickey James is not in the Rumble match because she's the impact knockouts champion. The impact knockouts champion is in the match because she's Mickey James. So I don't see Moose going in, you know, I mean, could Big Cash show up? I'll tell you what the WWE should do. I'll tell you the person who should make a surprise appearance in the Rumble. And I'll tell you somebody that I don't think the WWE realizes what a pop they would get, but they'd get a crazy pop. Zack Ryder should be in the Royal Rumble this year. If there is anybody that should make a surprise appearance in the Rumble this year, it's Matt Cardona. Zack Ryder, and that's not to say Zack Ryder should be back in WWE full-time. He's doing amazing things. Maybe he will be. I don't know. I'd be okay with you. But I think that, that that's a scenario that would work out perfectly for everybody. It would make WWE look awesome. It would make the story of Matt Cardona and what he has done with his time post-WWE even bigger. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just think, you know, he's not going to win the Rumble. But I just think that that he's the guy. You know what I mean? That if, if I were in a writer's room and, and and the question was, who do we get? 100%. It's Matt Cardona. It's Zack Ryder. And he doesn't have an exclusive contract with anybody. So it shouldn't be that difficult to, to pull it off. You know? I mean, I feel like it would get the reaction of the night if he showed up. And people wouldn't see it coming. I don't think that's a name that's gotten thrown around all that much when it comes to surprises in the Rumble. Uh, in terms of the Women's Royal Rumble, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bianca win. I could see Charlotte winning. Um, I don't know. I guess I have to look into that deeper. We'll definitely do that on the Patreon version of the podcast. Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. You can get it at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. The interview with Mickey James is going up. We post videos every single week over at youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Go to the YouTube page, subscribe, leave a comment on all the videos, watch everything we post. Uh, it's all wrestling stuff, youtube.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Check it out, 
and uh, we'll see you real soon. For more Not Sam Wrestling, happy Rumble Week. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.